welcome to the Think Factory podcast. We got one question for you. What keeps you up at night? I'm your host, Chris Santamassimo, and with me this morning is my co-host, Mark Snyderman. Hey, nice to meet everybody today. So we're on the day of our launch of the Think Factory podcast, and what we wanted to do was to share with you a conversation about what the podcast is, uh, what we're hoping to achieve, and how we can help you grow your business through the podcast. We're super excited to be here today and really bring the Think Factory to life. Uh, It's a concept that we've had for a while that we've been trying to figure out exactly how we wanted to really highlight what our clients do and give them an opportunity to speak with you and learn about their businesses, how how they can grow, how we grow. Uh, so there's lots of different things we can do here at the Think at the Think Factory. Yeah, and as you'll hear a little bit later in this uh, podcast recording, you know our firm OGC Solutions is really an outside general counsel for our clients, and in that role we really get close to the business. So what we want to do is not only be the attorneys or the lawyers for for our clients, but really help them prosper, uh, give them a chance to spotlight themselves, uh, talk about what makes them unique. What keeps them up at night from a business perspective? And together we can all learn from, uh, you know, the sharing that goes on with those conversations. Right. There's just there's so many great companies here in New Jersey that people don't even know exist. Uh, We've had the fortune of representing them as attorneys for a while. Uh, And, you know, it's great to be able to find a way that we can help highlight what they're doing. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's business out there for them that they can generate by, by talking about it. But at the least, you know, what, what I always like to do is make sure that when you're having conversations with clients, uh, and especially on podcasts, is we all learn from each other, right? And we learn from mistakes better than we learn from successes, because it's always easier to point out where things went wrong. Uh, you know, I always say, like, we learn from failure every day. And, you know, so we can, I'd, I'd like to know that we can get our clients on, maybe we can get them to talk about some of the things that they, the trials and tribulations they've had. Uh, and I think those sharing moments and, you know, us guiding them through those as attorneys and counselors, you know, has been really, you know, it's, it's what it's what keeps me going every day is helping clients that way. And I know, Chris, that's kind of what, you know, kind of what keeps you driving as well. Yeah, and I learn a lot from these folks, too. I mean, uh, we've picked up not only little tidbits, but also really big ideas about, you know, uh, what one client is doing, we can share it with other clients, not that we're trading confidential information or anything, but just tactics and strategies. But at the end of the day, you know, the challenge that all these companies face is how do they acquire new business, Mm -hmm. new customers? um, How do they go to market? How do they structure themselves? And really, how do they protect themselves, but also open open themselves up to opportunities? Um, So if we can help further that, I think we're doing everybody a service. You know, and the podcast really is open not only to clients that we represent or former clients that we've represented in the past, but our friends and people in our networks. Because together, I think we can help each other prosper a bit. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the concept of, you know, getting together with people that want to talk about business and want to talk about, you know, how do you mitigate risk in business and how do you figure out how you're going to grow, whether that's organically or inorganically. Uh, you know, later today, we're actually hosting uh, an event for mergers about mergers and acquisitions and talking about uh, what it's like to go buy a company. What do you have to do to prepare to do that? How do you prepare to sell a company? So these are all things that we love to talk about and do. And I think the podcast is going to be a great opportunity for us to push this out to the world. Well, you really nailed it, too. You know, especially when you're talking about selling a company, if you're representing the seller, 
you know, your job hopefully doesn't really start at the time you're negotiating a transaction, but rather 18 months, two years before when you're going to work with the client to really make sure that they've got a strong foundation. They've got uh, everything from a pitch deck to the right corporate governance structure to insurance. Uh, they're managing uh, the challenges and the claims that they might have on their behalf or against them. And really, you're, you're trying to help the owner uh, or shareholders maximize the value of the company. And if you can do that, uh, you're worth well, well more than the fee that you might charge, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the same goes for when companies are looking to go be acquisitive and, and go buy companies, right? They don't know what they're, you know, you don't really know what you're getting into until you start down the process. And having people, professionals around you that can help you understand what is it going to be like to go through the process and how do you prepare yourself better to, to integrate, to do the things that are going to be necessary to be successful in the acquisition, also really important to get started ahead of time. And I think, you know, I think your, your point about, uh, you know, starting 18 months early is really important, right? Because so many companies just think that you can, you know, you're just going to show up to the party. Somebody's going to show up and say, hey, we want to buy your company. Well, if you're not ready and you haven't done any of the, any of the homework to get there, it's going to be a real slog. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, professionals maybe do this to themselves sometimes. You know, many companies that we work with, either on the buy side or sell side, are really reluctant to bring in professionals, lawyers, accountants, uh, investment bankers, and others, uh, because they've been burned in the past. You know, they've used a lawyer that charged them way more than they should have for a service that wasn't so great. And I think, you know, that, that in many cases is an unforced error, really, by the professional. But what it suggests is that there's not really a, a cohesiveness between the client and the, and the consultant or the attorney. Uh, where their interests are really not intertwined the right way. You know, there's that tension that, you know, clients always think about a clock ticking every time uh, they mm -hmm. call a lawyer, and they, what, they, what they don't realize is they probably have the wrong lawyer who's not really looking after their best interest, uh, and they could really improve themselves in terms of the company value and risk minimization if they would bring in the right professionals much earlier uh, and smooth out their path rather than having peaks and valleys. Uh, where you got to bring people in on an emergent basis. Right. I mean, you hit the heart of why OGC solutions exist, right? Yeah. You know, what, what were we trying to, what, what are we all trying to do? We're trying to disrupt the industry, uh, an industry, the legal industry in particular, and it goes the same for, you know, accountants and other professionals. They charge too much and they don't think through the models and they're not thinking through, you know, what's the best model that can exist for clients these days. Uh, and also helps yourself, right? I mean, you know, there's there's something to be said about uh, subscription model services and flattening your income and not having those ups and downs of the industry that exists and really cause a lot of issues for larger firms and for even smaller firms. Uh, so having a different model really changes the game, right? And it it sets you up for success for the client and for you and puts you in a position where the clients understand and don't have to worry about is the clock ticking today what do i get for my for, for my dollar you know can i call whenever i want right. can i get the advice that i need when i need it as opposed to maybe 10 days from now or maybe i got a bill for 5000 for a weekend's worth of work that i only needed a yes or no answer to that's it, you know, and I think that, that more traditional law firm services model is what creates that tension because every time they get a bill, a client thinks, well, every time I call, I log time, 
and they multiply that by some ridiculous hourly rates, especially mm-hmm. when you get to metropolitan areas, right? Uh, and then you got a bill. And what I think is missing is a real focus on value. And that applies to accountants and investment bankers and all those types yeah. of folks as well. It's really focusing on what is the value that you bring to the table. Um, and it's not about making sure that you hit your timer every time the client calls uh, so that you log every second that you spend with them, but rather how am I delivering value that is reflective of, consistent with the business uh, and helps the executives make really informed decisions. And I think, you know, lawyers and and other professionals really need to think about creativity. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think you can be really creative with your solutions unless you really understand not only the industry that you're focused on, but also what are your client's specific challenges and attributes that make them valuable and successful. Right. And, you know, the that traditional model, uh, which is, you know, the antithesis to uh, a subscription model, is one that really keeps the lawyers at, a, at arm's length or the other professionals outside, and they're only brought in on limited engagements. So I think they don't, for themselves, don't really demonstrate the value, but in many cases, their whole billing structure doesn't allow them to, to get to the point where they can really demonstrate value. Yeah, I use, a, I use an example from, that, that was one of the reasons why when I started my own firm originally before we merged, uh, as to what, I, what my whole thought process was in starting a subscription model. And it was when I first started as an attorney going way back when in, on Times Square in Manhattan, and we had all these fashion clients. We had great clients, really fun stuff. And when, so when uh, Jill Stewart was doing her, she was going to open a store down in Soho on Broom Street, she called us to come down to look at space with her and actually negotiate lease terms with her on the spot. And I said, wow, that's, you know, it was really, I thought that was normal. And then, you know, 10, 20 years goes by and I'm hiring outside attorneys and I'm thinking, you know, I'm running my company. I'm like, I'm not going to bring my attorney here. That's crazy. They're going to charge me $750 an hour, some absurd amount of money to go negotiate a lease. I can do that myself. And they're going to bring an associate and a a, a senior associate. It's going to be a whole uh, train of people. It'll be a whole train of people. We don't need that. And I said, you know, what's the, where, where did that value go away? Right, the value of the attorney that could be there and help you negotiate on the spot with the landlord didn't change. Right, there's still a huge value that if you had an attorney with you, you could actually do some really good stuff on the spot. And you know, so I said, well, if you had a subscription model, and they would call you, would the client would call you and say, hey, I'm going to look at new space. Can you come with me? And I had it happen, and I went with my clients, and we negotiated with the landlord on the spot. Like I was like, hey. You know, we're looking at, uh, you know, I think you need to give us, we have, we have to break our lease. You're going to have to pay that off. You know, we're going to look for a couple months free. You know, we need, here's what we need done. Now I want this wall moved. I want this wall moved. I want this wall moved. Then you're going to upgrade the lights. You're going to upgrade the carpet. You're going to upgrade the ceiling tiles. And the landlord was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but we did it to her on the spot. Well, you know, what's great about your example, though, is by being in early, you not only get, you know, the progress that you want, but when a when a tenant and a landlord get together and they start having conversations and the tenant says, hey, I love the space and let's put together a lease, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to start negotiating off a lease that the landlord prepared yeah. where your business terms are still in flux. And then you're always sort of fighting an uphill battle, right? Th- that's the problem with the mid-cap companies or the problems that they face is that they're not large enough to justify bringing in a lawyer in-house as their general counsel. If they did, if they could hire one as an employee and they would know their 
uh, cost. It would be a, a, a fixed cost, essentially, because you'd know the salary plus benefits plus bonus, et cetera, and you could put a number on that and put it in your budget. And then you would call the general counsel to come with you to talk to the landlord. Right. And he would know or she would know what you're trying to achieve. And being at the table early just makes your makes that whole transaction take a lot less time and you're gonna to get to close a lot faster and then get on with business, hopefully. Yeah, that's why the, the virtual legal department model is so interesting. Uh, and I think, you know, we're really, you know, I say we're on the cutting edge, but you know, we kinda of are. Like there's just not a lot of not a lot of attorneys out there understanding that this is a, a real value add to the clients, uh, but they also don't have the ability to change their models. I think so. And every time I, I see things in the, you know, in the trade press about economies changing, uh, big law firms are going to have to change their model. They just seem to do what they've always done, which is raise their rates uh, and have their banner years, mm -hmm. probably because they're doing the same amount of work at a higher rate, so obviously yeah. their numbers go up. I don't know how much they actually collect versus what they bill, um, but the, that model sort of feeds itself. And I, what I found sometimes, especially when you're dealing with outside directors at a company, they're just going to go with the brand names because they're afraid of choosing somebody that is just as experienced but's going to give you better service for low cost because they don't want to be accused of yep. making a bad decision if things don't go the way that they want them to. Um, but people who are a little more progressive in that way are willing to think outside the box really get they really gravitate toward our model because it makes much more sense yeah I mean it, it, it's it's like it's, it's always hard to understand when people say well it's too cheap it's too inexpensive how could it be good right you know because it doesn't have to, because the the legal industry has created this you know number that people see it and they're like it's you know well, it has to be these crazy numbers if it's not these crazy numbers then or else it ain't good they're not good yeah. but you know no I mean you can actually have nice offices and do really good work and pay your people really well and do really good things without charging an arm and a leg well just like a lot of our clients said that technology is key uh, if you can manage information effectively and, and cost effectively so that we don't need lots of layers of overhead in the form exactly. of exactly you know, more assistance. Uh, that's that's where the savings come. You know, we, we have all the right tools and all the cutting edge tools, and I think the technology is what sets us apart. In addition to the the way we approach the matters, um, you know. So for a mid cap company who needs, you know, a, a more strategic uh, value proposition from its lawyers, you know, having that fixed fee, that controllable cost, makes mm -hmm. a ton of sense for them. Uh, because they can budget it, they can bring you in uh, a thousand times a month or two times a month, but know that they're not going to see you know peaks and valleys in terms of what it costs. Exactly, and meeting the clients where they want to be met, right? If they want to be on Slack and they like Slack and that's the way they communicate, what's the problem? There isn't. You know, you can't be rigid. It's just like you know, the, and circling back to the reason we have this whole podcast launch is, you know, you got to think a little bit outside the box, but you have to be flexible, and mm -hmm. I think. You know, being flexible uh, requires you to have information about what you're trying to achieve, how you're trying to get there, learning from other people, uh, but also, as you say, you know, making sure that you're flexible with clients so that there's that easy interchange. And the more efficient we can be, the better we're going to do uh, in terms of the, the work that we do, um, and the less expensively we can, you know, come to market. Um, and then what that does is open up this whole you know, this new universe of, uh, of buying services to clients that never thought they had access to it before. Mm -hmm. It's pretty exciting. You know? That's real exciting. And uh, even more exciting is, you know, actually being able to do this and, and, you know, sit down and have great conversations. And I can't wait for, 
you know, to bring clients and guests and friends in and really have some, you know, solid conversations about, you know, what it is that makes them tick, what's keeping them up at night, all the unique things that our clients do. You know, I mean, that's what I love going into a new business and learning what they're doing and how they're doing it. Because it's always amazing to see how many different models are out there. Uh, you know, yeah, business is business, and in the end, a lot of it is the same. And you can you can you can layer methodologies over it, uh, but everybody has a unique perspective on a market and a marketplace and what's making them successful. And highlighting those things and getting them out in the world, what could be more fun than that? You know, I have a client that uh, gave me a compliment a couple of years ago and said that. I was generating almost as many leads as his business development. That's person, awesome. You know, yeah, I get jazz from that. I sometimes I'd rather do that for clients than <laughs> uh, do the legal work, even though yeah. I don't get paid for it. But yeah, no, it's cool. It's 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 not only good to send leads to clients and help them, you know, develop those leads, but to help close a deal is even more satisfying. So, yeah, you know, that's why we wear the two hats. I think it's more fun for us, frankly, and you know, enhances it enhances the value that we bring to the table. So, and the fact that we enjoy it makes it that much better. Yeah, if we could make Think Factory into a marketplace for our for businesses that that want to be around us and understand the OGC model and just friends of the firm, I think that would be a lot of fun and really cool stuff. I think so too. You know, even if we never talk about OGC solutions, we just yeah. talk about them. And in fact, you know, some of the content that we've already generated focuses exclusively on the people that we're talking to. Exactly, and, uh, and that I think is amazing because. Uh, Again, we're going to learn from it, and if we can help just uh, boost their value in the marketplace just a little bit, then uh, everybody wins for sure. 100%. So, you know, thanks for listening in on this launch episode for the Think Factory podcast. Uh, As you can tell from uh, Mark and my discussion, we're pretty excited about the ability to go out and and help you, help your company get spotlighted and advertised. Um, no cost to anybody who participates, really. Uh, the value that you're going to bring to us in terms of the learning is far more than we could ever charge. And frankly, that's not really our model to charge people to help them uh, with this sort of thing. So please reach out to us on thethinkfactory.com if you'd like to join the podcast. And hopefully, if you're listening to this, uh, we'll reach out to you to schedule some time. Uh, again, I'm Chris Santamassimo from OGC Solutions, a co-host of the Think Factory podcast. And with Mark Snyderman, my partner here at OGC Solutions. Thanks, everybody.